2: Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and <laughs> Eric, dirty dissidents who have joined us this morning, <laughs> anybody else I may have missed, uh, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. Uh, I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Friday. The viewers got a little sneak peek. I hit the wrong button there before the show. You can see that I look the same (laughs) when I'm on uh, camera knowingly. Anyway, if you would like to check us out online, please do so. Go to radio.com. And or SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you slide over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, you'll be able to watch the video portion of the radio show. There are two, and I have updated it, so those who are viewing now, you'll see yesterday's show there, but it's going live today. Uh, second one down. The one that says the morning show, 6 to 7 a.m. And then Bradley is on at 3 p.m. If you want to catch his show, you're on Red State Talk Radio, and you say, who is this Bradley guy? Because he isn't on Red State. Well, he is on Red State, but I don't know exactly what time frame he comes on there. Um, But he's on Red State. I don't think it's live, though. In any case, if you haven't heard Bradley, tune in at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch it here on Sons of Liberty, right there on the right side of the page. Also, if you would like... Uh, please support us by subscribing to our newsletter. You get one email a day. We don't rent your email, sell it, spam you, anything. You get one email. That's it. It gives you all the articles from Sons of Liberty media.com For that day, myself, Bradley, and our contributors uh, put out, and uh, you'll want to check that out. Also, if you have the means, <clears throat> you believe in the message that we have, and you want to support us, there's a donate button at the top of, of com. Click on that. You can make a one-time donation, or you can become a son or daughter of Liberty. That's also at the top of the page. That's our monthly uh, supporters. You can set up a monthly amount that you want to support. It comes out painlessly every month, and uh, we appreciate your support. You can also support us by purchasing many of the items we have in our store. They're great conversation starters, water bottles, uh, coffee mugs, T-shirts, hats, that kind of thing. Be sure to check that out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Also, if you want to watch The Faces Made for Radio, you can see that at Twitter, BradleyDean1, BradleyDean1 on Twitter. Periscope and Twitch at setting brush fires. Our Facebook page is where we get a lot of our traffic. Dean S-O-L, on Facebook. YouTube channel is going to be down for two weeks, guys. Okay, so if you're in, if you watch by YouTube, and I'm not on YouTube, but Bradley is in the afternoon, if you watch him Don't go there today or for two weeks because, unless you want to subscribe, uh, they've given another strike, this time on a video that's been up for years, literally, Uh, and that's why he was cut off in the middle of what he was doing yesterday. These people, they're not following, this is not about terms of service, this is not about following community standards or any of the other, this is slowly wearing the people down and... Infringing on their trust. Remember, I told you these companies, they're not mentioned in the First Amendment. This is a trust issue. OK, this is a trust issue. That's why antitrust laws are in place is to deal with these people. And the protections that are on platforms are because they can't be responsible For what other people upload. There's no way that they can keep up with the millions and millions and millions of posts that are occurring every day. That's why they have protections against what other people post. The people posting are responsible for themselves. These people are acting authoritarianly. Is that a word? They're acting like tyrants. Let's put it that way. And they're violating the public trust in what they're doing because the people gave them a protection of a platform, but they didn't say, hey, you can't just be cutting off stuff that you just disagree with. That's you can't just be doing that. Uh, So YouTube's there. Look up Bradley Dean. You'll find it beforeitsnews.com. We're on there on the front page, DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty and also Cutting Edge TV on Roku. Be sure to check that out as well. If you would like to call in, you can call in um, during this part of the show. uh, Our interview with Representative Mortensen, who we're going to bring on in in just a little bit about the midway point of the show. Uh, You won't be able to call in then because all that's going to be pre-recorded. We're just going to play the interview. I thought we were going to have him for the hour, and so the whole show was going to be pre-recorded. But he had, there was some miscommunication, and so we got him for 30 minutes, which was great. It was enough to get out you know, what we needed to get out because he's the one who is bringing the articles of impeachment against Minnesota Governor Tim Walz. So you want to hang on for that. Now, <clears throat> with that said, I did a Facebook Live last night, and uh, I see um, – <laughs> I, I, I want to call her my helper. Uh, Renee is in the chat, and she was helping me with addition and subtraction, believe it or not, because I tell you, you, you do this stuff all day, at the end of the day – you're, you're taking in information, but your brain isn't thinking. It just really isn't functioning very very well. So I appreciate her help in getting me the proper numbers that we had last night, which I was going to bring up, and I forgot to bring those up, so I may have to refer back to her here in just a moment anyway. Uh, but what I did was I went to <clears throat> the VAERS reporting. Now, the VAERS reporting is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Okay. Uh, Set up by the Health and Human Services of the federal government. And what VARES does is when somebody dies, when they have an adverse effect to a vaccine, that's to be reported. Now what's interesting is is that I went, and I'm going to pull this up so I get the numbers right. Um, But I went over here, and there is data sets. OK, so they put these data sets out and it's it's really quite interesting. Uh, the fact that what they do is they break them down by a year. And in this, they have already up for 2021. Now, with 2021, you know, we were yesterday was the 11th. So we were basically into as far as reporting, as best I can tell, a month, maybe a month and 10 days if they were actually keeping up with it to, to that extent. OK, uh, and what I found out was, was that the number of deaths, I, I, I just I, it's its almost incredible to think that people are have not been made aware in the media. Of the amount of deaths that have occurred in the first month of 2021 as a result of let, let me change that within seven days of getting the COVID vaccine okay you may think oh that's crazy how, how many are there how many are there well I'm going to show you so I went to 2021 here I went to the CSV file for the VARES data which is 3.7 megabyte takes no time to download it I then put it into Excel, okay, spreadsheet. Now, on column J, it lists whether the person died or not, and it lists right beside it the day they died. There's also the date that the information was received to VAERS. And <clears throat> all of these all of these things occur. On some of them, they have the vaccination date, some of them don't. But usually these are within seven days of what they're showing here, okay? This is, column J is the date they died. And remember, this is within seven days of getting the vaccine. The ages range from one years old, no teens. There, there's two one-year-olds. There's no teens. There's a few 20s, a few 30s, a few 40-year-olds, some 50s, 60s, 70s, 80, 90, and 100s years old. So one of them is 105, actually. I think they were from Texas. Let me show you, for the viewing audience, you'll see this, okay? The listening audience, you won't see it, but what I'm doing is I'm just going to scroll down, and you'll see on the left side of the page, and I miscounted by one because the, the number one column or row across is your titles, so everything down. So <clears throat> I'm just going to scroll down. These are all the yeses. They died within seven days, of receiving the covid vaccine okay now there's all kinds of other information off to the right you know different things that they might have had going on at the same time other things that that weren't apart and all this other and then sometimes nothing's going on Uh, they just have this going on so when we go down through here what we find is we come to 457 is the row it stops at so if we take off the title row that's 456 456 americans not around the world Americans, all these are from different states in America, have died within seven days of taking the COVID vaccine. This is this is from the VAERS report. Okay? Do you hear this in the mainstream media? I thought these things were safe and effective. They're not safe, but I think they are effective at what these people want to do, and that's kill off people. I'm just going to say it because Bill Gates is the one who said if they did a really good job at vaccines, they could reduce the population by 10 or 12 percent, right? It gets worse, though. That's just the people who died. The adverse effects continue on and on and on and on and on. Uh, It's incredible how many people total, I believe, if I calculated it right, if I remember, because I'm still waiting because... The video from last night, I can't pull it up on the computer. It'll, it'll be making all kinds of noise and stuff. But one of the things is, I believe we ran about 2,900 and something people that had adverse effects, including those who died, on this report last night. And I'm just letting it scroll for the viewing audience. You guys are seeing it. You're seeing exactly... This is in the first month of 2021. Um, so it's it's pretty incredible none of this is being reported in the media none of it the most we get is a story here or there out of local affiliates who tell us about you know somebody died from the thing or they had maybe an adverse reaction or something like that that's the bulk of what you're getting this is coming from the bears report itself i think this is important information that people ought to know about uh, don't you you want to let me know 215 top talk 215 867 8255. Love to take your call. So this goes all the way down to 2947 which would theoretically be 2946 in the big total in the big scheme of things here. So <clears throat> that's pretty significant information. And yes, it really means what it says when it says they died. Here is even the uh, the guideline for the information from theirs died means died if the vaccine recipient died a y is used otherwise the field will be blank and the date of death if the vaccine recipient died there's a space in this field to record the date of death otherwise the field will be blank right so this is very important information now i'll have the links up at sons of in the archive for later on but i want to reference you to two other things yesterday when i got off the show you know i had made mention uh these rare blood disorders that were that are being caused by the vaccines and they're known to cause them okay i read from you doctors who said they are known to cause this rare blood disease which i couldn't even pronounce itp was the short for it and i made mention of bill gates And it got me thinking because I brought up Bill Gates as far as what happened with the African children, right? You remember that, right? Several times more African girls died from the vaccines he was pushing than what they were trying to vaccinate them for. So what I did was I went back through. I got some video. um, I got some uh, other things because what Bill Gates did, let me just play this for you real quick. This is from 2011. This is an interview with uh, uh, CNN. Here's what Bill Gates had to say about anybody who would question vaccines, who would be opposed to vaccines, who would say, no, I don't want a vaccine, thank you very much. Here's what he has to say about all of those kinds of people.
0: Sanjay Gupta, MD, oh. CNN, Saturday and Sunday morning, 7.30 They're Eastern. advertising
2: uh, for $10 billion over the next 10 years uh, to make it the year of the vaccines. W- what does that mean exactly?
1: Well, over this decade... Uh, we believe unbelievable progress can be made, both inventing new vaccines and making sure they get out to all the children who need them. Uh, we could cut the number of children who die every year from about nine million to half of that uh, if we have success on it. And the, the benefits there in terms of reducing sickness, reducing the population growth, it really allows a society a chance to take care of itself. Uh, Once you've made that intervention,
2: there's been a lot of scrutiny of vaccines recently, specifically childhood vaccines. There's been a lot of news about, is there a connection with autism, for example? What what do you make of all that? Dr. Wakefield wrote a paper about this saying that he thought there was a connection and uh, people, there was lower vaccination rates. Listen to this hypocrisy. In Britain than the United States. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, Dr. Wakefield uh, has been shown, used absolutely fraudulent data. He had a financial interest in some lawsuits. He created a fake, fake paper. The journal allowed it to run. All the other studies were done, showed no connection whatsoever, again and again and again. Uh, and so it's an absolute lie that has killed thousands of kids because the mothers who heard that lie, many of them didn't have their kids take either Pertussis or measles vaccines. Bill They're Gates cannot, he cannot so, prove anything you know, he just said right go there. And, engage in those anti-vaccine efforts you know they they kill children they kill children a a very sad thing because these vaccines are important
2: no it's it's a very sad thing that a man is going to lie to the the public about that that's what's a sad thing bill gates has an invested interest in vaccines as well Uh, let me let you say let me let you hear it with his own mouth all right
1: We're here today with Bill Gates, a lot to talk about, about what he's been working on. And and Mr. Gates, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about your approach to vaccinations. You wrote something recently, and and like you always do,
0: you kind of looked at the problem from a scientific and business perspective on things. You've invested $10 billion in vaccinations over the last two decades, and you figured out the return on investment for that. And it kind of stunned me. Can you walk us through the math?
1: Well, it's pretty impressive that When you take these vaccines, uh, get them to be very inexpensive by making big volume commitments, have that right relationship with the private sector, uh, get the delivery system so they're really getting the coverage out there, you literally save millions of lives. And 20 years ago, when we created these new multilateral organizations, Gavi for the vaccines, uh, Global Fund uh, for HIV, uh, TB and malaria, we didn't know they'd be successful. They've gone through lots of challenges about making sure the money gets there, making sure the efficiency is right. But as we look at upcoming replenishments for those, and we've got so much distraction uh, politically that the international uh, needs like this could uh, get eclipsed if we're not careful. And you know, we see a, a phenomenal track record. It's been 100 billion overall that the world's put in Our foundation uh, is a bit more than $10 billion, uh, but we feel there's been over a 20-to-1 return. So if you just look at the economic benefits, uh, that's a pretty strong number compared to anything else. The human benefit... uh... All
2: right, so let's stop it right there. Now, he just attacked this Dr. Wakefield. Oh, he had a financial interest. He's looking at a 20-to-1 return on $10 billion. Do you think he would manipulate things to get $200 billion? You bet your bottom dollar he would, and he can, and you can see it in how he did things with Microsoft. Any of you guys know the history between Microsoft and Apple, and you know Bill Gates is a crook. You're telling me this guy isn't manipulating things? You know he is. You know he is, and he's lying through his teeth by saying <clears throat> that people who are against this are killing kids. Nobody's killing kids except one guy that I know of that's documented. Just because people don't vaccinate their kids don't mean they die. And he mentions measles. Measles is pretty much benign. Come on, man. Come on. It's a pretty much a benign thing. His wife is just as wicked and crazy. Uh she's frustrated with people who won't vaccinate their kids. But there's another guy by the name of Dr. William Thompson. Now, I have the video here at SonsLibertyMedia.com. You can see it. It, The the article is called, When It Comes to Vaccines, Who's Really Killing Children, Bill Gates? Uh, This was from Ben Swan several years back when he was at CBS 46. I think that's up in Ohio uh, when he did reality check there. And he had Dr. William Thompson on, who was a CDC scientist, who admitted there was ties between vaccines and autism and he didn't have a financial interest and he wasn't using fraudulent data and he demonstrates this we've had carrie rivera on to talk about uh, vaccines and autism and the use of chlorine dioxide she's used it on her son who got autism after a vaccine and saw tremendous results helped hundreds of families so bill gates is in it for the money, and all these people that think these philanthropists are there to help people, you're sadly mistaken. George Soros goes by the fact that he's a philanthropist. They're throwing money into all these human causes, but they're all causes that end up undermining the law, taking down governments, destroying economies. This is what they do. And we've covered the fact that uh, Bill Gates is giving this money on the hope that he's going to get all kinds of return on it. He's not doing it because he's a great humanitarian. He's doing it because there's a 20 to 1 return on these vaccines. So I just, I want you guys to know that. Now, the second thing is, before I bring on the interview here with Representative Eric Mortensen, uh, is the article that we put out yesterday. Some of you have already seen the video. But this is an interview with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. We've been trying to get her on the show for a while, but she's backed up quite a bit. We tried, I think it was back in August or September last year, and we were told, man, we're out two months. We we just can't do it right now. We're going into the holidays and stuff. So we got back in touch. We're hoping to have her on maybe by April. Uh, But she talks about how the depopulation of these COVID vaccines will start their work just like Gates said they would that that's what they wanted to do was reduce the population, not grow it, but reduce it. And um, so there are several things in here uh, that you can see at sonsoflibertymedia.com. The interview here, and then later on, she had a video that she put in one of her blog posts, uh, horseshoe crabs. There, This picture that you're seeing, those of you watching, this is horseshoe crabs in these, it's almost like they're bound by something, and they're draining their blood. This blue stuff is their blood. It's their blood. They're wanting to use this in COVID vaccines. Isn't like we haven't have been talking about putting all kinds of other weird stuff in vaccines. And putting it in your body. To allegedly fight off something they haven't even isolated. They haven't even separated out. Uh, not to mention the fact that she points out that these animals that were tested in the sars cove uh vaccine uh, not the one for now but years ago those animals died all those animals died that were tested other ones that were tested later on ended up they said they were inoculated they were taken care of but then when they when the SARS cove was reintroduced to them they had all kinds of problems so it broke down their immunity to whatever it was now Again, she points out, since all the testing hasn't been done, and since nobody's actually approved this vaccine at all, guess who the test subjects are? It's humans. This is the first time in history to where it's just that you're the, you're the, you're the guinea pigs out there. And as far as I'm concerned, you are a special kind of stupid if you know this stuff and go do it, you're gonna get what you deserve. Okay, I feel sorry for people who were ignorant and took it, thinking it's going to do something, and they have adverse effects or they died. I feel really sorry for those people. I really do. You know, being ignorant of things is it can can be very costly. Now, that said, I didn't want to go off too much, but I, I did think, think think that information that I gave regarding the Vares report is very very important. That people should be aware of that. Now, with that said, what we're going to do is we're going to transition over, I'm going to play my interview here with Representative Eric Mortensen. He's from Minnesota. He's just filed the Articles of Impeachment on Monday against Governor Tim Walls, and here's that interview. Okay, all right, we have with us a Representative Eric Mortensen, and he's out of the state of Minnesota. And one of the things that we're going to be covering today in an interview he's given us of his time, is that he has put forth articles of impeachment against the tyrannical governor, Tim Walls there. And we've been saying for quite a while now that not only the governor of Minnesota, but several governors need to be impeached. We've uh, had Oren uh, Hilty on, on Tuesday, I think it was earlier this week, where they're repealing or recalling the governor there in California, Gavin Newsom. And uh, Representative Morrison- uh, has joined us today and we're pre-recording this interview obviously to give him opportunity to speak about what he's done there, why he's done it, and to kind of fill us in on that. And with that said, Representative Mortensen, thank you for joining us here on the Sons of Liberty. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you and uh, we're eager to see what's going to come of this. Now, the first thing I want to ask you is, uh when you put these things together, you were working with another group who also was looking to impeach Governor Walls. And do you want to tell people a little bit about how all this came about? Because the question I have is, were there no other representatives who were working on this? Uh, do you have support for that and that kind of thing? How did this come about?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. There is an outside organization that's been uh, putting some pressure out there trying to make this a reality. And, um I've been familiar with them for a while, and to my knowledge, nobody has been focusing on this in Minnesota, Um, and quite honestly, there are many other things I'd rather be focusing on right now, but uh, the reality is is our governor has has restored his uh, emergency powers 10 times now, and we've tried 13 times to take them away, but um, the the DFLers here in the House refuse, and DFLers here in Minnesota, that's our Democrat, Farmer Labor, it's our Democrats.
2: Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you this. When you you get down to these things and you start uh, breaking them down, he's taking emergency powers. Now I got to tell you, just as a good old South Carolina boy here, I got a real problem because every time you run into tyranny, it's always under the banner of it's an emergency. We're doing it for your benefit. We're here to protect you. And this sounds to me like Governor Walls is acting very much like Governor Whitmer in Michigan in no. usurping an authority over the people to infringe on their rights in the name of an emergency. Have I missed something there?
0: You haven't missed anything at all. I'm constantly shocked when I see these these memes on social media that that say who's the worst governor, and it's always Newsom, uh, Cuomo, or Whitmer. And I'm always shocked that where is Governor Walls? He belongs in those
2: memes. Well, I agree with you, and there are several that need to be dealt with. Now, our Constitution is pretty clear. Uh, When we go over into Article 2, Section 4, it says the President, the Vice President, all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. So even for the smallest infraction of the law, these guys are supposed to be held accountable. And then when you go over into Article Uh, was it Article 1, Section 3, we read that though impeachment uh, takes place there by the representatives and such, it also says the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. So it's not just to get them out of office, it's to bring justice. And I think that's one of the things that's constantly missing in our system when it comes to corrupt politicians is we'll let them retire, we'll get them out of office, but we never bring justice against them. Um, I, I know you're early on in this. Do you have a viewpoint towards justice uh, it, should you win the day in bringing impeachment against uh, Governor Walls? Yeah, well, I
0: guess first and foremost, I totally agree with, with uh, the concept that we have to hold these people accountable. Uh, I mean, he, our governor has been assaulting our democratic process now for 11 months. And um, he has to be held accountable. I mean, frankly, there is no real choice to be made here. The facts are on our side. He's infringed on religious liberties. He's infringed on property rights. Um, He's infringed on the ability of people to get health care. And he shut down our health care system for months last spring. So the facts are on our side. I really feel there's there's no choice here. The only choice it comes down to is, is the Democrats that are in control of the Minnesota House. Are they going to opt to play politics? Versus looking at the facts in front of us and strictly making their decision on the facts. So that'll be the first major uh, milestone, if you will, for our impeachment process is getting it through the Democrat control of the House and determining if they're going to play politics or we are going to look at the facts and and vote on the facts as they're presented.
2: Okay. All right. Now, let's go through a couple of these things here. Um, I've got them listed in the article. And... um, You had said, I think it was on Sunday, that you were going to be bringing these things on Monday, which you did. You kept your word on. And uh, you you've put these things out, and you've listed the reasons uh, why you're doing what you're doing. And people will be able to read this over at sonsoflibertymedia.com. You've got your uh, house resolution listed up here. What are these things? I think you've got about five things here that are the articles of impeachment that you've listed against Governor Walls. Can you help? Can you walk people through some of those things that you've got?
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, the first one is really a failure to respect the separation of powers between the three separate branches of government here in the state of Minnesota. Uh, What he has done is he's created and manufactured his own laws through the, the use of executive order, um, things like forcing businesses closed, deciding who's essential, who's non-essential, who can go to work, who can't go to work. Uh, then he's created uh, the number two would be, the second article is the fact that he's created, manufactured new penalties for these new laws that he has single-handedly created. So that is also unconstitutional. Third, um, he has really restricted the ability to uh, practice religious freedoms here in Minnesota. We have these weird rules now under the governor as to how many people are permitted in a church. And the funny thing is, is if someone like a Walmart were to come in and just buy that church, the legally allowed, or not, I should say legally, the, the governor walls allowed capacity in that uh, new Walmart would be many times greater than if that same building is being used as a church. Um, number four is he's, he's taking private property without just compensation. When he's forcing businesses to be closed and forcing people out of work, Uh, He's telling landlords that you cannot collect your rent, and he's giving them no just compensation for that. And then the fifth is when he shut down our access to the healthcare market. And I've seen studies that show that uh, diagnosis for cancer, for heart disease, are down like 50 percent year over year, uh, 2020 compared to 2019. Uh, So I think that there's a very good argument here to be made that the costs associated with these lockdowns um, could very well exceed the costs associated to uh, the, the virus itself.
2: I agree with that. I I think that is, I think that's the case going on nationwide that this quote unquote crisis, and, you know, there would be another issue that I would have. um, I know when we had Dr. Jensen on and we talked to him because he blew the whistle on the fact that, uh, you know, they were telling him how to write his death certificates to inflate Mm -hmm. the numbers for COVID. We had the President, uh, President Trump's coronavirus team at the time coming out and basically telling us yeah we're taking everybody and lumping them in with covid and uh, and you know we went over the things that that uh, the CDC has not even uh, isolated the alleged virus the Chinese CDC hasn't done it so then it leads to all kinds of questions as to where what are we being what are we not being told and what are we being told is there more to it than just the governor has you taken this opportunity like so many to uh, be a tyrant over his people, and is there something behind it? You say these these numbers of diagnosis are down. They're down on the flu. They're down on a lot of other things yeah. that apparently they just lumped in and they've called it COVID. Is that not something too? I mean, I guess that gets a little more technical and medical and things, probably not your expertise, but is that not something the legislature should be concerned about as well? as How is the public manipulated with a lot of this stuff that's going on to where a governor can come up and actually seem like he's legitimate and saying I'm making these emergency orders.
0: Yeah, I think it is a dangerous precedent. When you know, life has risks. Anybody who is living, they're, they're, there's a risk of of not living. Right, That um, nobody can live a risk free existence. But when we, as a people, determine, and I think largely, there's a lot of Minnesotans that have have not made this decision, um, and are, are, and I think the governor is losing the the consent of the governor in a lot of ways, but. When we as a people determine that only one person, the the governor of a state, gets to determine how much risk is too much, before just shutting down entire industries and sectors of our economy and then causing all this devastation, I haven't even mentioned the, the mental health impact that we've had so far. Uh, that's a dangerous president to set. And your question around data, we the Minnesota Department of Health has a as a weekly report that they push out around uh, influenza-like. Uh, illnesses and hospitalizations. And it's so easy to find. Anybody could go just Google, you know, Minnesota flu cases and it's going to pop up really quickly. And last time I looked, although it's been a week or two, but I've been monitoring it for months. And I think in the last flu season, the 2019, 2020 flu season, we had over 4,000 hospitalizations from uh, flu-like illnesses. This season, the 2020, 2021 season, uh, I was up a couple of weeks ago, I think it was twenty six and so this disappearance of flu admissions into hospitals it just has a smell to it and it's not a good smell and uh, I've reached out to some hospital associations in the last couple of weeks, uh, quite a few actually, and tried to get some data and uh, they've been they've been sending me data, but they refuse to send me data that allows a comparison of fourth quarter two thousand nineteen to fourth quarter two thousand and twenty. They just kind of play with the numbers and then present things um, that, that don't allow uh, context to be brought to the conversation. And when they re- refuse to provide that information, and I even had one um, uh, lobbyist with a big hospital chain here in Minnesota, uh, when I asked her for the data and she said she didn't have it, she said to me on the phone and she whispered, okay, whispered on the phone to me, which is just you know an international sign of something secretive happening. She whispered, good luck getting the truth. And why else does somebody say something like that unless something is being hidden from us?
2: Yeah, I know we have we have lost platforms. They've kicked us off of uh, YouTube. Um, they have removed us from Vimeo. We've had uh, medical doctors. We've had nurses on to describe what's going on, to describe the deceptive nature of a lot of stuff that's that's been done here that has actually given the stepping stones for these governors and such and and even mayors in and other pla- other parts of the country to come in and to uh, you know usurp their authority uh, start writing law uh, from the executive uh, branch which yep. they're not supposed to do according to our mm-hmm. constitution our, you know our constitution doesn't give us a democracy it gives us a republican form of government mm-hmm. which leaves legislation in whatever the congress the representatives of the people not the hand of the of the executive and so Mm -hmm. when they start doing this they immediately show their hand that they're a tyrant they start making law which is pretended law as our 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 founders said and then they start imposing criminal punishments on it Mm -hmm. um for instance we just recently had at the federal level this mask mandate we saw that the the occupier china joe of the white house Uh, Has decided, oh, I can just make a mask mandate and everybody has to follow it. And uh, Bradley, who does the afternoon show, who's up your way in Minnesota, uh, he was going to get on the plane last week and go to Texas. And they said, you could be criminally charged if you don't put a mask on. Now, Governor Wallace has gone way beyond anything like that. For instance, uh, we read from, I believe this is, um, who are these guys? North Star Liberty Alliance. And I believe they help you. Uh, formulate the language here for the articles of impeachment. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, But some of the things they said was Governor Wallace has imposed a state of emergency and stripped Minnesotans of key inalienable rights to travel and seek gainful employment by forbidding people to work or leave their house unless he deemed it essential. And I've said everybody's work is essential to somebody. And not only that, but if you're a Christian, it's part of, You know, the the protections under the uh, under the religious, the freedom of religion clause, because we're commanded six days, you shall labor and the seventh day is the Sabbath, the Lord, your God in it, you shall do no work. So it's not just we have a day of rest, but we have six days that we work. So there's a there's something that is violent in that against the people. And we had that with a Republican governor here in South Carolina. Mr. McMaster got into the whole Nazi-esque essential, non-essential. Then they made mention of this. Um, The order by the governor deeming some jobs non-essential lost people to lose their jobs. People lost their businesses. The stay at home order pits the material and physical well-being of Minnesota uh, citizens against each other while claiming to minimize health risks due to COVID-19. It also imposes significant dangers to the physical well-being of families that have lost income or access to needed medical care. And then also uh, his order violated his oath of office to uphold the Constitution of the United States. And of Minnesota by stripping Minnesotans of their most cherished civil liberties, including, but not limited to, the First Amendment rights that are protected there, the freedom of assembly and worship, Second Mm -hmm. Amendment to keep and bear arms, the Sixth Amendment, the right to a speedy trial. You know, and I would even include in that the Fifth Amendment because... You know that I know it's speaking to to crimes and such, but if somebody's not been found, they've not been indicted, they've not been found guilty of a crime, they're not supposed to lose their liberty. In fact, Mm -hmm. the U.S. statutes say something similar to if you if you infringe on somebody's liberty and it causes death to them, then the penalty can be up to death for the person who's done that.
0: Well, (laughs) you spit it out (laughs) a lot there. um, Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Uh, but it is very concerning because it's uh, it, it feels like we're losing our form of government. But you see what's happening in many states, most states, and you see what's happening at the federal level now with Joe Biden uh, ruling through executive order through the first, what, uh, month or so of his presidency. So I think that's the big fear, <clears throat> and I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about. Uh, and I think that's why it's so important we hold these people accountable. Uh, Frankly, I'm shocked at some of the people that have reached out to me and then said, "What are you What are you doing here?" And at the end of the day, boy, if it becomes an unpopular thing to hold politicians accountable and to restore the constitutional balance of power in a state government or a federal government, <laughs> I'm really worried about the future for my kids.
2: Well, and 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 rightly so. It, you know, I think it's in in your own um, area up there in Minnesota that talks about justice guards our liberty. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you guys have like, uh, Moses and the Ten Commandments, or it may be Michigan that I'm thinking of that you guys mm-hmm. have there in your state house. And it all goes back to every There's nobody who's above the law. It doesn't matter if they're wearing a, they have a badge and a gun, whether they're a politician, a representative, and I do make the distinction between the two, uh, you know, somebody like me, uh, or whoever there to be done, Uh, They're to be held accountable under the law. And so, yeah, I would say it is a pretty serious thing. Now, as far as I know, there's only been eight governors who've ever been forced out of office by impeachment. So if you're if you are successful in this and I do wish you the best because I think this is the proper stand to take is, you know, this one man is not worth the losing the liberties of the people and the government that's been set up there. Uh, But if you're, you know, successful in doing that, you'll be number nine in, in bringing that about. You said that uh, Mr. Waltz has issued over 100 executive orders, and that's evidence of his crimes and corrupt behavior. Now, you made mention of a few of them at the start. What's some other things that he's written executive orders on that he's tried to, I guess, criminalize people who aren't committing any crimes?
0: Well, there's, like like you said, there's 100 of them. So there's a lot of them. And that's what made this so easy to do. It is if you just simply compare the executive orders he's put in place and compare them to our state U.S. Constitution and how. Um, how they run about one another um, but a, a great example was just before Thanksgiving uh, it was November 20th I think he put out a new executive order that went in effect that night on a Friday night and he said um, that again bars and restaurants were going to be closed and he said for we called it a 30-day pause you know these politicians and their language and their messaging is always uh, uh, it's always so specific but he called it a pause he didn't call it a lockdown um, And he said, for the Thanksgiving holiday, you can't have anybody over at your house. Only people who live in your house are permitted inside of your home for the Thanksgiving holiday. And how that, what I struggle with is the people who somehow justify that as being constitutional. What I'd love to ask them is, then, what is unconstitutional? If if one man can tell an entire state of six million people that you can't have your kids or your parents over for a Thanksgiving holiday. If that's constitutional, then then what's unconstitutional? It's 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 kind of mind blowing.
2: Let me ask you concerning that: How many of your colleagues there uh, at the Minnesota State House? How many of them agree with Governor Walls on things like that?
0: Well, that that is such a good question, and you know things have changed because we had this election in November, obviously, and. Um, Leading up to that November election, I think we had five um, Democrat members of our state house that had eventually, some as early as last July, um, had been voting every single month to end this peacetime emergency that the governor's is using to, you know, authorize all these uh, these emergency powers. And then uh, in the month of December, we had a a sixth Democrat uh, join, and then we had six Democrats vote to end the peacetime emergency. Well, In that November election, uh, the Republicans took, I think, five seats. And so a lot of us were excited coming into this new legislative session thinking, well, now we've got the votes. If these six Democrats stay true, uh, because I'm sure they're feeling the heat at election time, and if with the five new seats we picked up, we can finally bring an end to Governor Walz's tyranny. Well, lo and behold, For the last uh, month now that we've been in session, we have forced this vote, I think, uh, five times on the House floor. Every single one of those six Democrats, since they won their election uh, and since this new legislative session, they flipped their vote. And now they're voting against us, trying to protect the governor.
2: OK, well, I you know, once once you get to that point and they're they feel like they're no longer threatened by things, usually mm-hmm. this is the, this is this is the difference between a politician. Somebody holds principles, a statesman, a representative, a, as it were. How many yeah. people do you do you have people who are behind your articles of impeachment? Do you have support for that? And if so, what does that look like in the House as well? Yeah, it, it,
0: it's we have two coastliners right now, um, Representative Draskowski and Representative Munson. And uh, that's what I'm working on right now is I'm trying to reach out to Republican and Democrat lawmakers, because I think, again, the facts are the facts. They're on our side. If anybody can just look at them and see the executive orders and how they are unconstitutional. Um, So I'm not only calling Republicans, I'm calling uh, Democrats, too, and trying to get them on board to co-sign this thing. And um, the response has been mixed. You know, I'm a little disappointed that so many of the politicians here are just trying to protect Uh, Governor Walz, you know politicians protecting politicians, so maybe I shouldn't be surprised by that Um, but For some of these Republicans in the capitol uh, that might be watching this maybe uh, or eventually watching We get emails every day. It is the number one thing. I get emails on is end Walz's emergency powers all day long. We all get these emails and I for one cannot tell my supporters or these people emailing me with a straight face that I've done everything I possibly could unless we continue down this impeachment path. So um, that's my message to a lot of the Republicans in the state house here: is you can't, with a straight face, tell your supporters and the, the dozens, if not hundreds of emails you get every day, that you've done everything if you don't get behind this impeachment push.
2: I absolutely agree. Uh, so, okay. You've, you've looked at there, you've got some, some support there in the house. What about when this thing would go to the Senate? Uh, have you talked to some senators there? Do you have some support there as well?
0: I haven't begun. I mean, it's been what, three days since we dropped these things um, the Senate, we the Republicans have a small majority in our state Senate. And just like at the federal level, we, we would need a two thirds vote. So it's a big uphill battle in the Senate as well. Um, But again, I feel like we owe it to the people of Minnesota to at least, you know, go forward with this fight. Whether we win or we lose, it's important to check all the boxes and say, we've done everything we possibly could. Because I don't think I've explained this yet, but uh, in the last 11 months, we have had three recall efforts rejected by the courts. Uh, There have been, I think, 13 votes now to end the emergency powers, and the DFL is rejected every time. And the governor has reinstituted his emergency uh, powers, I think, 10 times. So, I mean, there have been many different attempts to bring this to an end. And this is really the last ditch effort to try to force the issue.
2: Can you speak real quickly? I know we only have you for a couple of minutes here, but can you speak real quickly to why the recall efforts didn't work? Was that something, a failure on the people to meet certain standards or was that just something that the the courts were there and they said no?
0: Yeah, the courts just rejected it. They wouldn't hear it.
2: Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Is there anything else that people can uh, need to know, uh, especially in the state of Minnesota, where they can get behind you guys and they can offer some support uh, or anything like that in the effort? Because if you're getting these kinds of emails, you can't be the only ones, the the other side. And, you know, we use we use the phrase here. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left or the Democrat Republican thing. But who's on the straight and the narrow? And so I know there's got to be Democrats who are getting these emails and are, are being told by their people, look, we can't live like this. Something has to be done. You guys have to get on board with this. Uh, yep. I wonder if there's something the people can do to to help push this along with the representatives to help you push this impeachment through.
0: Yeah, the best thing people can do is reach out to their lawmakers. You know, right now we, we have the votes in the Senate. They voted on it many times. They passed the resolution to end the peacetime emergency. So right now, it's all eyes on the Minnesota House. So it's reaching out your representative and demanding that they get behind this movement to impeach the governor, one, two, and the emergency powers. Those are the two most important things anybody could do is contact their lawmaker and make it very, very clear that that's what they are demanding of them to do.
2: Okay. All right. Representative uh, Mortensen, we appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on the Sons of Liberty and uh, best wishes and everything that you're doing there. And if you ever need a platform, you want to come on and speak about what's going on. We'd love to have you back sometime. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay, thanks, man. Thanks. Take care. You too. All right. That was representative Eric Mortensen. I believe he's from district 55A. I don't know how they have those things cut up there in Minnesota, but you can see he's he handles himself well. He looks like a young man, and uh, I'm glad to see that he's got some principle there, and people can say, oh, well, he's playing politics. Well, you're not playing politics when you're trying to hold somebody to the standard of the law. This is what I was saying as we went into the November election. People uh, would come into the chat, they would berate us for calling out the president, the, the, President Trump, on unconstitutional actions. They were upset about that. And I said, if Joe Biden goes in, the message doesn't change. We go to the law. We go to the law. Why? Because one man, I don't care, he can be doing all kinds of great things. If he's doing a whole bunch of lawless things, that doesn't offset the good stuff. And the same thing is true here in Minnesota, as it is in Michigan, as it is in Pennsylvania, as it is in California and other states. And that's the whole idea, is to hold people, whether you like them personally or don't like them personally, is irrelevant. The law doesn't see that. And so I'm glad to see that um, Representative Mortensen is willing to go out there, willing to represent his people who are telling him, look, this is tyranny. This this has to end. I, I'm sure there are people who can live with a whatever governor who claims whatever political party who's not infringing on their rights. They can live with that. They may disagree with him on certain things, but if as long as he's not violating their rights, as long as he's not acting unlo- uh, la- acting lawlessly, they can deal with that. But you can't do that When a man has usurped his authority, and again, I would point back to what we talked about in the interview, faulty, uh, padded, fraudulent data, and a media that manipulates that data and puts out propaganda to support the fraudulent data, along with fake scientists and... Fake doctors, like Dr. Fauci. I call him a fake doctor because he's pushing this nonsense. And when you've got all that kind of stuff working in conjunction, I mean, the people have got to find their voice. And uh, in the state of Minnesota, I can tell you that district, at least on this subject, I don't know Representative Mortensen that well, but on this subject, he's right on the money. He's right on the money. And can you believe they have tried... To pull this governor's emergency powers and he just keeps doing what he's doing. Thirteen times they said. This is like Whitmer getting slapped down by the Supreme Court twice and nothing's done. I don't know why the judges of the Supreme Court didn't issue some arrest warrants here for for her. That was pretty clear. But they they, they didn't do that. Guys, if you want to get behind um, Representative representing Mortensen, you're up there in Minnesota, do so. Let your rep- maybe you're not even in that district. Let your representatives know that you're behind that. You want you want to push these articles of impeachment through and then get with your senators, start pushing them to start taking a look at what's going on. If you're out in California, go to Recall Gavin 2020. They only have about a month left to gather a couple hundred thousand signatures. Uh, if you missed the interview I had with Oren from RecallGavin2020.com, I'm going to have that in the archives. I'll put that up along with the other art- articles that I made mention of at the beginning of the show, along with the data so that you can go through it yourself that we looked at from the Vares report. And uh, you guys will be able to check that out. Uh, tomorrow, Lord willing, Kate Shimrani's is going to be with us 8 a.m. Eastern time. You don't want to miss that. I don't know what we're going to talk about just yet, but she's been sending me a lot of stuff. And uh, things continue to grow. The tyranny. Sorry, I had that up a little bit. The tyranny there in the U.K. continues. I imagine we're going to touch on some vaccines and some other things as well. You guys have a great day. Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Adios.